shut up and sit down. Hey Siri, what is an expert? As a noun, it means a person who has a comprehensive and authoritative knowledge of or skill in a particular area. <laughs> okay, that's clearly not us. But we're not idiots either. Hmm. Arguable. <laughs> okay, fair. How about not complete idiots? We're a couple of guys who have been friends for 25 years who happen to disagree on a lot of things. This is our podcast, where we try to make sense of those things and try to understand the other's perspective. These are our inexpert opinions. Shut up and sit down. We are live. However, only one of my cans is working. I have a feeling it's because of... I have a feeling it's because of the chewing on in the car by the dog oh that's my guess yes because it looks like both that'll do it are <laughs> yep both levels are activating cool so the dog dog the dog ruined your well you know mike the dog did but as a colleague said a bad dog is just a bad human it's not the dog's well i don't know how completely true that is i left we we weren't paying attention to where the headphones were and the next thing you know because the kids listen to the headphones in the back with their ipads and the next thing you know the dog is choking on something and it turns out that it's the headphone cord so That's not good. This one still works, though. No, it's not good. That dog is not good. Shouldn't have got a dog. (laughs) I made a mistake. And I admit my mistake. I admit my mistake. I have sinned. How old is the dog now, though? Uh, He'll be seven months in like a week or two. I think it's like the first year. It's kind of a pain. And then they kind of get it right. I hope so. I think that's I, his, his nickname's HB HB hype beast. <laughs> uh, isn't hype beast like an actual like fashion shoe? Yeah. Yeah. I think I yeah. follow them on Instagram. Probably. He is. He's insane. He's insane hype beast you should have rename him just just rename him to hb just hype beast just hype dog's name uh, hype beast hype beast (laughs) (laughs) and one of the characters in deadwood was hb and so i started calling him oh well dude it's been i looked yesterday we haven't potted since april that's only been about two weeks right two months okay (laughs) <laughs> so what's new what's new in mike's world and the world well there's lots going on in the world mike's world not much new talk to me about mike, what's going on in mike's world mike's done a very good job as he's gotten older to make sure he, everything is controlled generally <laughs> <laughs> there are on a tight ship over here jeff <laughs> there are no manipulated variables only control only controls <laughs> oh uh, sometimes there are more controls than others sometimes i take controls out but there are never manipulated variables <laughs> And usually by and those controls are generally people. And when you fuck up the control, you are removed. You are removed from the experiment. Yeah. So outside of that, man, um, you know, just out here living my best life. Summer's, I think, hitting Atlanta now. It's hotter than the blazes of hell. Okay. But outside of that, nothing. Okay. I've been busy as shit lately, actually. I've been working a yeah. lot. Like more than, I don't mind work, but when it goes on this long, not, not a lot of fun. God, I hate the work that just is there all the time. Yeah. When you just, I just, 
<laughs> when it goes on, I mean, I'm almost 39. When it goes on, past I started this, this project like... back in 24. Why is it not over? <laughs> it's a never ending project. No, but you know, those. And again, this is a good thing, I think, because as you get older, I know I can say this for myself. I don't want to speak to everyone, but as I've gotten older, especially in the last four years, three, four years, I've absolutely noticed or am more aware of the importance of this work-life balance thing that mm -hmm. in my early 30s, I didn't think was needed or existed. But when like you're underwater or you like have too much on your plate, there's no worse feeling in my opinion than it being Saturday or Sunday. And if you're doing anything that's not related to work, you feel that weird tinge of guilt deep down in you that you can't get to go away. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I shouldn't be enjoying myself or out running errands or whatever. I should be working because I've got so much to do. I right cannot stand that feeling and i've been yeah. feeling it a lot lately so yeah but I, I mean i say that and i feel bad saying that because i know that you are also busy at work and then you have ten thousand other life events happening at the moment we've talked about this before though it's all it's all relative it's all yes. relative you've got other things going on too they're just different mm, things like i said controlled variables controlled variables <laughs> So, dude, let's talk about you because you've got uh, no. You've I'm got not done big, talking about big you. life events happening. I'm not done talking about you. <laughs> I am. Get back here. <laughs> uh, no, that looming. I don't like that looming female feeling either. Yeah. The I don't know for me if it's as much guilt as it is anxiety, and they're close, but. Or they can be. That's a good point. It is anxiety, probably. It's it's mostly the guilt is like I do get the guilt when I'll go like I'll be working and I'll sit there and get stuck on a problem or something. I'm like, fuck this, going for a run, or I'm gonna go mm -hmm. to the gym. Because those types, those two things, the gym and the running are two of the best like mind freer uppers for me. Right. And they like they actually alleviate the feeling as opposed to hundred percent. Right. And and 85% of the time I'll work the problem out on the run. Right. You know, I'll be thinking about what I need to do. I'll be thinking about how to sequence this, this project. I'll be thinking about this design and, and, and it's like, Oh shit, that's what I get. And then I'll look at my run when I get home. And the, from the time that I figured that, that, that problem out to the time I got home, that's the fastest part of my run. Cause it's like, I got to get back and get this you know, right. written All down right. or, or whatever. So that I feel guilt because it's like, I am, Technically, by normal, 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 normal is a word. Fucking by normal social status quo, I am on working hours, eight to five, and it's 11 o'clock, and I'm technically being paid, and I'm out here running, mm -hmm. right? I have an immense amount of guilt during those points in time. Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself, like last night, I sat in front of my computer till 11 sending emails and working through Asana and prioritizing things. And so no, right. don't feel guilty at 11 o'clock while I'm out for a run because I paid back the hour, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but yeah, the, the, the anxiety on the weekends when it's like, I, I, I'm not making headway. I'm not chipping away at those things I need to do is. Yeah. Is nerve wracking. Maybe, maybe it's the anxiety leads to a feeling of guilt. That's probably true. That's probably, yeah. Yeah. That's why I think they're like kind of yeah. inextricably linked. Yep. Um, I'm trying to get better with the things is helping quite a bit. We've had this conversation, but I'm trying to get better with the things um, or, or not the things, the. And you mean the app things? Yes. 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 Sorry. Sorry for those of you listening that don't the things app things three. Um, I'm trying to get better at telling myself, like all of these things that I have to do, there are only a couple few of them that are imperative on any given day that I get done that day. 
or even probably in the next two days or three days, right? Mm -hmm. It's things that are blocking other people from things that they need to do. You need to get those done because mm -hmm. I don't want to impede or hinder someone from doing their thing. Right. And then there might be something like pick the kids up from school. If I don't do that, we're in a world of hurt, right? right. Um, so there's Usually a really child protective services. Correct. There's right. really only a couple few. And I'm trying to get better at like just reminding myself of that. Um, and, and at the same time, putting those things into things, putting those, those things that I have to do into the things app. And once I get those things done, it's like anything else past that is bonus. And if I don't get those things done, I can't beat myself up. Yeah. Dude, have you ever looked into this whole time blocking thing? Yeah. Any luck? Nope. Nope. <laughs> mm -mm. Not at all. Nope. I, I keep reading articles about it, and I think, based on what I've read, I haven't tried it, is it seems once you get the general hang of it, it can be pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. My problem is, is the amount of effort that I'm assuming must be required to get the hang of it is maybe more than I can handle. I think you'd be good at it. I'm not good at it because I'm too ADD and I, and I don't even think I'm really ADD, but I've, I'm too scattered. There's, I've got so many Dude, things I happening have clinically between diagnosed ADD, <laughs> so I, I'm gonna struggle. But, but, but you're again, you've got controls, right? right? So like you're very, you're very disciplined and very meticulous about how you organize things. And, and I am too, it's, a coping, an extent, it's an ADD coping mechanism with things, but like as soon as yeah, as soon as I start working on something, I go, oh, shit. There was these two other things I had to do, and those were part of those things that had to get done today. And mm -hmm. I'll have to then context switch back over here to get those two things done before I go back to those. And that is – I've never been able to figure out how to kind of corral that or, or, or get that piece of my life figured out. I've tried to like sit down on Sunday evenings and time block my week and like put the things that I know I have to do on the days. Mm -hmm. It blows up as me, as me, as, as soon as Monday or as soon as Wednesday gets there, it's like, Oh, okay. I got Monday and Tuesday done. I didn't think about this thing on Friday that actually has to slot it on Wednesday mm -hmm. and this thing on Wednesday can move. And now, Oh, I, and, and so mm -hmm. it just blows up. Right. And that's my, I can't, I can't figure out that component of it. Right. And so the time blocking thing just, just blows up. The other thing that makes it hard for me is if I'm working on something that's in like focus mode, right. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm actively working on this problem and I am you're doing really, really, I'm in, I hate that. Term. I know you do. That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm getting like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm vibing. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might be a step worse. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've got it figured out. Right. Or, or I'm, 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 I'm just really fired on all cylinders and clicking and, and everything's coming together. And then the alert goes off that that time block is done. I will never just stop no. and go, Oh, I've got this figured out, but I'm going to finish the last 30% in tomorrow's time block. Mm. I will push off everything else. I have to do to make sure all of it gets out of my head and mm -hmm. onto the paper. Yeah. A hundred percent. We, you know what? We talked about this recently. Cause I told you, I was telling you about, uh, I always forget the damn term for it. Uh, fuck. I'll never remember it. But anyway, it's this idea that I, I have been doing this type of work for too long to not be better at this part of it, which is estimating how long things take to do. It's like, again, there's a, some kind of mental model that, or something like that, that fricking I can never remember. But anyway, sometimes well, okay, a lot of times I think that either I am the fastest person on the planet and I'm like, oh, that'll take half an hour. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. an hour and 45 minutes later, I'm not even close. So this is either I suck at my job or I'm really, really pissed poor at fucking estimating this shit. Yeah. 
But then other times I'm like, oh, that's going to take way too long. And then I'll knock it out in 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, OK, I overthought that then. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's weird. I don't. And, and that's where I think time blocking for me. And I think a lot of people, I'm not going to say that our industry would make it difficult. But that's another excuse I give myself to why time blocking would never work for me is because you have to be responsive a lot of times. Like these people that check their email twice a day. I mean, mm. I wish that was a thing for me. Like they like shut their email off or they only have it, you know, like go fetch new emails, like on a schedule. And it's at like, mm. you know, in their time block period. So it's like at 10 AM and then again at 3 PM. That would give me severe anxiety. I was just going to say, talk about guilt. Like, mm -hmm. But that's another area where really, again, if you think about the number of things that have to get done, there, there aren't that many emails that you have to respond to. Actually, no. there are probably zero emails in a day that you have to respond to because if the person that's trying to get a hold of you really needs to get a hold of you, they're, they're going to text you or call you. Yeah. yeah. Or text you. So yeah, it's, it's ego. There's like, it's my ego getting mm -hmm. in the way of a lot of the yep. shit. It's like, I don't need the emails. I can just turn them off mm -hmm. and I'll check them twice a day. I want to be that person. I've tried it multiple times. Slack I've gotten pretty good at. So maybe it's a habitual thing. Maybe I just need to really like slap my finger or something every time I do it or like get the rubber band. And because and, Slack, I've gotten to a point where I check pretty much on the hour, every hour. And then I close out of it because Slack is the worst for me. Like okay. Slack just it's always lit up. There's always a thousand things and 99.9999% of them are, are problematic in, in terms of like my contact switching or pulling me away. The problem I have with that is there's so much in Slack that's contextual and so much in Slack that I miss because of that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not as in the know as others and that, again, going back to ego also bothers mm -hmm. me. Right. And so I find myself two hours a day going, okay, it's time to check Slack. And then the next thing I look up and it's like, Jesus, it's one 30, not one Oh five. And I've read the last 42, you know, and, because I'm trying to catch up. Right. And so I don't know ego, dude, they'll mm -hmm. get a hold of you. If it's really that big, do your shit, get the stuff that you have to get done out of the way. Yeah. Time block. Time block doesn't work. Time block for me. Yeah. Um, there's apps that do it. Have you have you played with any of these apps that do it for you? No. I mean, I bet you, we talked about this. You can get like uh, productivity overload where I have like yeah. too many, you know, like even the ones that I use on a regular basis. Like I have uh, what's the Evernote is my night note thing. They have a to do thing in there. And then I have things. And then you can like. uh do to-do lists in freaking Google or whatever, Google to-do or whatever the hell it's called. And it's just like, okay, every once in a while, like I'll accidentally throw a something. It's like, oh, these two things I need to knock out. And then I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what program I put that in. And totally. So it's like, I, it, I've actually seen that they do make those programs, but I'm like, I can't do another one or it's just going to throw me off. It's just, I'm, yeah. I'm creating my own craziness over here. Yeah. I've gotten out of all of the note things. Like I got rid of my Evernote. I got rid of, uh, I still have like my Mac notes and I'll take like, I'll jot things down in there that are just very ephemeral. Like, Ooh, I want to remember this. Um, but I don't put anything important into Mac notes, nothing important. I've got notion for like work notes. If I'm going to actually document something, but otherwise that things dude, I things is, Things is like, I don't know. It's so far, you put all your notes in there. I put a lot of notes in there since you showed me how to take notes. If it's tied to something that I know is in things, but otherwise, if it's just like, yeah, if it's just me writing, um, it'll, it'll usually be a notion. And then I'll go through notion and transfer things over to things or yeah, that's just it. So back to the time blocking thing, I've got a, I've got a task. I'm going to, I'm going to look up what day it is because I don't even know what days it is. Okay. Uh, Friday and Tuesday from four 45 to five 30. I have a time block 
to go through Asana, Notion, and things and basically move things around and make sure that things are documented in the appropriate spaces and spots and that tasks are listed out. I've got those those two days. I've had those on my calendar for those two days for 20 months now. You know how many times I've done those two things? Five. Yeah. And I say five only because I know it's less than five. Right. It might be three. It might be two. Right. But it's not more than five. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't, there's, because... It's toward the end of the day. I'll get into flow state. I'll be vibing <laughs> and I won't shut down to go and put ever. I've got a, do you remember Abate? Did you ever meet Abate? You never met Abate. Mm -hmm. I worked with this guy named Abate who uh, is this incredible hardware engineer. And he, at the end of every single day at five o'clock, would log off of everything and spend an hour writing out like meticulously, very descriptively, very thoroughly what he did for the day. You know how smart Abate is, you mm -hmm. know, what kind of documentation, you know, who always had the answer at field vision as to what something did or what something was supposed to do mm -hmm. or what we said in a meeting Abate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Abate. Yeah. So that was kind of the start of my like update Asana Notion thing. Like go in and I don't do it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not disciplined enough. No. I get into it and it's like, shit, I don't remember what was going on from 10 to 11. Forgot the meeting. Fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> oh, that was two minutes. That was easy. <laughs> that was easy. I'm going to go upstairs and cook dinner. <laughs> right. I'm hungry. I want a snack. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve a snack. I put two hard minutes into this. <laughs> Whew. God, I, I deserve this day. all of my shit. I deserve a snack. Okay. <laughs> I am in dog brain right now. <laughs> Dude, that is so me. Oh, that's five minutes. Who deserves a snack? <laughs> Where is my kibble? Give me the treat, George. George, give me the treat. Oh, fuck. Oh, the other thing they say too, and is the whole, like once an hour, every hour, take, what is it? Like five or 10 minutes or something like that. And like break away from your machine, like reset your, you know, they say like, it's always good, especially computer work. Take, I think it's 10 minutes every hour or five minutes every hour. I don't remember, but clearly I'm not doing it, but you know, like walk, step away from your machine. You're supposed to like refocus on something at distance because it will help eye strain. Okay. So like go outside and look at something far away for a little bit because you're so, you, your eyes are so focused on something super, super close, you know, especially mm -hmm. I don't, do you find yourself doing this? Like when you're really into a problem, like I'm already close to two very large monitors and the next thing you know, I'm like leaned in. So I'm like three inches yeah. away from the monitor. <laughs> like guys, this is, this is actually easier when I get closer. I'm actually close to the problem now. Correct. <laughs> like correct. And then you're already you're gonna, zoomed you all You want to see in. how fast I'm going to get this fucker done now? <laughs> Hold on. Let me get into beast mode. I just need to scoot real close. But anyway, they say like, yeah, focus and step away. Cause it like kind of resets your brain and apparently a lot of challenges or if you're thinking through like a, an issue or whatever, it's like you said, I wonder if it's the exercise or the run or whatever, or it's just the mere fact that you stepped away for a second and it's like, ah, that's it. Like, I'm sure you're right. I, I bet it is that. And I just tend to go and do those things when I do step away. Right. You know, because, and also the fact that I think you know, as we clearly know from, you know, years of research that sitting for extended periods of time is horrible for your body and circulatory system right. and everything else. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think, I think the blocking thing works. It's just, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be extraordinary, dis extraordinarily disciplined. And, uh, and I haven't, I haven't figured out how to get, I think that's the problem. I haven't figured out how to tell myself or 
maybe be confident that when I come back to something, I'm going to recall where I was. And mm-hmm. so maybe maybe the answer to that is doing what Abate does and just taking 20 minutes and literally taking the discipline and, and disciplining yourself to do it to write down where you were so that when you come back to it, you can. Mm-hmm. But then that gives you the ability to step away and get into something else and 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 yeah, not be fucking just up a creek without a paddle when you come back like right. I usually am. Yeah. But all that to say, you know, here is the positive about all of this busy, how busy I've been and stuff. And again, I'd sit here and complain. I'm lucky to have the work. I'm it's, I'm not whining about it. It's just busy, but you know how long, I don't know what this says about my career or my joy of what I do every day, but in the last three months, I have been more excited about sitting down every day at my computer than I have been in years. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what you want. Yeah. That's the way I I mean, that's the way I am in assemble. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's fine. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's a great feeling. I mean, to like find the joy of why you're doing stuff. And I think it's because I'm like learning, I'm learning new software, stuff like that. It's like, okay, this is fun. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. Yeah, learning new software, learning new industries, learning new verticals. Like, I still, I haven't scratched the surface on the compensation. I've been fucking inside of it every, every day for ten hours, and I feel like every every meeting I'm in with Enrique, it's like, oh Jesus, wait, I missed that. What what are we talking about here? Oh, that's a new type of compensation. Got it. Yeah, and I thought there was just salary and equity, and yeah, dude. Speaking of of well, it's not really compensation specifically, but you know, I mentioned this to you yesterday. Is that that whole Elon Musk thing that he that memo he sent out to his like executives and leadership team around? If you want a job at Tesla, you mm-hmm. need to be at the office forty hours minimum. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I'm a fan overall. I uh, I'm not necessarily. Well, no, I am a fan. I am a fan. Um, I'm a really big fan, actually. And the reason I'm a big fan is because two things. There's probably more, but these are the two things that come to my mind. Okay. One, especially in our industry, and especially once you're at the executive level, you have an immense amount of choice when it comes to where you work. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the number of recruiters I have reaching out to me on a, I'm very lucky, very lucky, but it's not luck because I've busted my ass and I've gotten really good at what I do. Right. right? So at the same time, it's not luck. I'm lucky that the industry is as popular and, 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 and as busy as it is right now. That's the lucky piece. And so I'm never going to go work at Tesla. Right. I'm just not going to do it because I don't want that. I don't want to do that, Elon. Sorry. Right. right? The second reason I really, 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 really like it is because I think more fucking companies and CEOs and executives, for that matter, need to do that. The the for the last 10 years working in Silicon Valley. I have seen more willy nilly. We have a flat organization. We don't believe in hierarchies. You work autonomously around the clock and do your thing. You know, I've seen more of that than it's like it's the new norm and it's starting to bleed into other areas of the workforce. And I can't help but think that that is contributing to some of society's problems. I'm not going to say it's the, it's the root cause or that it's, but I have to believe that there's something tied to making people somewhat softer because people are not putting their foot down and going, no, you don't get to do that. You have to do it this way. Otherwise, you go do it some other way somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot different de- than, than parenting, right? I'm d- I don't let Benton and Lyndon run around and do whatever they want ninety percent of the day mm-hmm. because they don't know what's best for them, mm-hmm. right? 
they're not experienced enough. Elon Musk knows what's best for Tesla because he's built the company from the ground up. He's worked in the company for however long he has, however long the company's been around. He has a solid understanding. There are probably people in the organization that have very good understandings of what's best for Tesla, but he still probably has the best idea. And at the end of the day, even if he doesn't, guess whose fucking company it is? Mm -hmm. And so put your foot down, say what you want people to do. If you start doing it across the board, you don't give people that 10% of autonomy like we give to Linden or 25% or whatever it is, then yeah, fuck you. But that's an that's an easy rule to abide by. It's not the end of the world. Go get a different job if you want a different job and you don't want to abide by it. But I, I'm stoked on it. I, I think it's awesome. And I hope more companies follow suit because mm-hmm. I think it would teach a lot of people that you don't get your way all the way yeah. all the time. Hmm. Rant and rant and rant and done. Yeah. The so my my take on it, while I don't disagree with anything you said, actually, and not surprising, but I think the the silver lining or the thing that I guess that when I first read it, my initial thought was. We have been hearing so much about this delta in pay that you're seeing from the, you know, media average median worker to like a CEO level or executive leadership. You know, like there's these massive. In fact, it was just a big. There was just an article this, earlier this week that was showing what it was like the list of. 10 companies and what the CEO made versus what the median income was for their like workers. I mean, there was one company where the freaking CEO made like 259 million and their average worker was getting like 79 K and it's just like, Jesus Christ. So, you know, now that's a CEO. I understand CEO pay with like performance freaking, you know, bonuses and all of that stuff. Yeah. But I, but that also applies generally to any, leadership role, especially the higher you are, you know, executive leaders get a bump based on performance, et cetera. They're getting higher pay regardless because of the role. I like this idea of you seeing, and then on the other side of that too, you're also seeing a lot of these other companies like these Amazon warehouses and Starbucks locations and stuff, you know, where they're unionizing because they want to have some control and what's how they're being treated and, and what they're being paid, et cetera. It's an interesting approach to that problem and saying, okay, if the factory workers, the people on the line that have to be here, they don't have the option to work remotely because we build vehicles and we don't do that from everyone's home. They have to be here for 40 hours a week to get paid. That's their role. Why is it because you have a different job? Maybe you get paid a lot more that you don't think you have to be here putting in the same hours they do. Like if we're going to ask them to do it and without them, we don't have a company, you don't have a job. Why should we ask them to do it and not expect the same from you? I think it closes this gap of treating people massively different because of the role they're in. And then you tie that back to like, you know, you could argue education level, et cetera, et cetera, but doesn't, shit shouldn't matter. It's like, we all put in the same effort. Yes, we have different jobs. Some of us get paid more. Some of us may have more responsibilities. I don't know. But regardless of that, we're all here working together. It forces this idea of a team. I think it does help close these gaps of, or silos almost of, oh, I'm different and maybe even better than you because you have to be here. I don't type deal. I don't know if that's a real thing, but it seems like it mm-hmm. could be. I don't know. I feel like that. However, the one potential downside to that, again, trying to like put myself on the other end of the spectrum is if you work in accounting and you're the guy that, you know, accounts, you, accounts, things you know what they do and you know you're getting let's say you work in accounts payable and you have a system that's online more than likely bills come in you know you enter them into a system schedule them to get paid whatever you could do that really anywhere 
in the world, honestly. You could be in fucking Bangladesh doing that if you wanted to be. I would argue that you having to come to work is actually making you less effective, potentially, because you're not working while you're commuting an hour both directions, where if you were at home, that's potentially two extra hours a day you're putting into the actual effort of work as opposed to driving around coming to an office. Now, yeah, I get it. And I don't think what Elon Musk saying nowhere in this memo did he say, hey, you know, we wouldn't work with you if there was a special circumstance where you just can't make it happen, but you're an effective employee, you're a good employee, you're going to try to get in here as often as you can, but maybe, you know, child care is an issue, et cetera. Nowhere is he saying that, so I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm sure there's caveats to this new rule he's made. So in the long run, you know, in agreement with you is I think it's a good idea. Now I have a, my follow-up question to you is, does this... Does this type of approach allow other organizations to start doing this? Does this start to pull in the opposite direction of some of the benefits or maybe some of the um, forward momentum we have in the change in the way we work due to the pandemic? Do you see this being corporate leadership saying, nope, I want all of my people here, this idea of remote work or, you know, hybrid work models. Does, is this a potential ding to that? Is that going to slow that progress down? Do you think? No, 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 because I think there are enough companies that I don't know what Elon's rationale is behind it. Um, I'm sure there's a, a variety of reasons he's doing what he's doing. If you know, one of which is probably just to ruffle more feathers of the people that hate him. You right. Know, or, yeah. Or Elon Musk. We climb. know. It. Yeah. He's everything is a freaking. It's, it's like some kind of like press event. Publicity for him. game. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I think there's enough. I think enough companies have realized the benefit of remote work, both in the satisfaction of their employees, as well as the production that they're getting from, from them. Um, that, I would be surprised if we saw a big drastic swing in, in the other direction, because I I'm sure there, I'm sure Tesla won't be the only company, but I think the majority of companies have that have, that have experienced this. And if, if they're honest with them, them themselves and really introspect into their bottom line and their numbers and their, the excitement of their employees <laughs> and whatnot, I, I think the majority are going to stay, stay the course. Yeah. Um, there are two questions. I, I two things that one. Um, God damn it! I lost it. <clears throat> oh, better. Um, Do you remember? This? Oh no! One question and one comment. This reminds me of all the people getting up in arms, dude. I don't know if you remember or, or if you were even if you even saw it um, about about this time last year, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, Jason Freed. Do you know who Jason Freed is? I know the name. The the founder of Basecamp. Okay. And uh, it's not DTT. What is his name? Um, and the anyway, uh, the the engineer. So he's the product guy, and then uh, DCC. God, why do I? Anyway, um, two of them founded Basecamp, and now they've built Hay, and they've got you know a number of books, and they've got a, they've got a couple different products out there, but. Uh, Hey is the they've email, never grown. Right? What's that? Hey is the email. Hey is email. Yeah. 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 They've never grown base camp or 37 signals to larger than like 50 people. I think it's, I think it's, it was 37 at one point in time. Then it was 42. They've never, they've never grown above 50 because they've got this very constrained business that they're operating. Right. They don't want to grow it that big. They could, and they could be beholden to all of these stakeholders and things, but he's grown it very organically, like this little mom and pop thing. It's bringing in a lot of revenue. They've got millions of customers, all of which are, are pretty happy from, from my understanding. And they don't need to grow bigger. He doesn't want to grow bigger. Mm -hmm. He's got, I mean, the guy's creative as fuck. He's a product leader, a thought leader in the product world. Like he's got... He writes books. He's got, hey, he's got other avenues. He's got other ideas. He could he could make any of these, you know, a very large company if he if he wanted to, mm -hmm. I think. But where I'm going is. 
about this time last year, he sent out this memo kind of like the Coinbase guy and basically said, there will be no conversation about politics, about coronavirus, about this, 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 this on company time in company channels. If you want to converse about blue versus red, Trump versus Biden, go sit by the water cooler, go out to lunch, talk about out there. If I see this kind of stuff in Slack and I'm paraphrasing, that's you're done. Like we, we, we when you're here, it is base camp. It is our customers. It is our business. That's it. Mm-hmm. Ryan Siegler, his number one tenured employee, left, resigned, was like, nope, bullshit. We need agency. We need our empowerment. We need our own voice, you know, diversity, yada, yada, yada. Resign. I think it was on much better terms and much cordially said than that. Right. But I think I think there were like 10, 15 other people. And everybody, everybody's like, there's going to be this. That was a terrible move. There's going to be a mass exodus. There were boards posted of like the number of people that had left and yada, yada. And I sat there going, they're going to be back to where they were, if not bigger, if not with more people, more dedicated people, because I think there are a lot of people like me, I, for what it's worth, agree wholeheartedly with him. If you want to make that call, just like Elon with the executive thing, make that call. Mm -hmm. I can refrain from talking about politics and slack. I don't have to do it. I don't do it because I fundamentally believe that you need to separate church and state. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck about your opinions on X, Y, and Z. I mean, you you realize until recently, by the way, just like like a note on that, talking about your political affiliation was like a taboo in society. Yeah, like you didn't do it. And until recently when people just – spewed their fucking opinion on every fucking channel that they have available to them. Right. And I wouldn't even say it's socially accepted. I think most people that do it are fucking annoying vultures. Correct. But correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, you're fine. So, so fast forward to a year, you know, 16 months past it's stronger than it's ever been. I think they've hired everyone back plus more just as I predicted because People are beating down the door to go work there now because they're tired of the Facebook. They're, to to me, I think it was a strategic move to weed out a bunch of people that he was tired of working with and tired, maybe not tired of working with, but but yeah, recognizing productivity is lower. Recognizing that it, I don't want this to this is ruining culture to a certain extent. You know, let's get back to business kind of deal. And now he's got the workforce that is back to business that is doing the things. I think Elon's going to get the same thing. He's going to lose some execs, but he's also going to get execs that really want to fucking drive Tesla's business forward and really want to work at Tesla, just like a lot of people really want to work for Jason Fried and Basecamp. And they're going to fucking go into the office and work 40 hours. Yeah. Well, you know, no problem. So that, that was my comment. The question I had, I take your point on the like leveling up and like bringing everybody back to kind of some semblance of equality. And I don't think I disagree with it. Um, I think for the most part, I do agree with it pretty wholeheartedly, but there's a part there. There's a question that, that kind of sticks in the back of my mind. That's like, does it, does it do anything to competition? Or both, both within the organization and for people, individuals. And what I mean by that is like, there's a debate in the minimum wage argument that as soon as you put everybody up at $25 or $15 or whatever that increase is, me as a line level employee taking orders at McDonald's, if I'm making $20 per hour now, I don't have a ton of incentive to further outside of just like my drive to further and better myself and grow to the next level. If I'm a person that wants to, there's plenty of people that are happy doing that. And and those people are fine. But the person that wants to go to the next level or wants to, I, I now am somewhat potentially hindered or held back because the drive is no longer there because money is a very big driver for a lot of people. And so now if I'm, so is there, does that potentially do that? Like for the, for the factory worker that's there every day, it may have been a driver to get to that exec level because the exec 
it is a privilege. You have busted your ass. You are good at what you do. And so to a certain extent, you should be afforded a little bit more autonomy to kind of freely move about the cabin. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so does that introduce any. Does that question make sense? Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. I, I feel like the answer would probably be subjective to the person, but I, I, sure. I don't think applying that as a concern could be a bad thing. I, you know, to, I, I think the only thing that I see, I, here's where I see a small bit of difference in the two things that you mentioned. One being money, being a driver for like effort is absolutely true. All every human being, well, let me rephrase. Anybody in a working position most likely wants to work or re be recognized or whatever, or just Jesus wants a pay increase. Even if they don't do anything, most people just want the goddamn pay increase. So, but, yeah. but people that understand that, you know, the effort you put in is usually tied to the reward you get. So if sure. you're going to work harder, you're going to take on more responsibility, you are going to, you know, your, your attendance and hours you're putting in are directly correlated to the bonus or the raise that you're going to get at the end of the year when, when reviews or performance reviews come around. People get that. I, I, would, I would argue, not saying I have any statistics or data to back this up, but I would argue the people that are also looking for the bump in pay also, if their goal is to also climb the corporate ladder, also realize that that work has to continue. Once the raise is there, okay, you've hit the next rung, but you have more rungs to go, so you're going to have to keep going. Those people probably understand that. I think, you know, luckily for you and I, we understand that. Yes, I think the money has always been secondary to us growing in our career. Money has been great, and I'm so fucking happy that we've gotten, you know, both you and I can say, you know, from where I started in, you know, out of school to where I'm at now is a different world I'm in. But it was never me chasing the dollar, even though I knew it was attached to it. So for me to say I wasn't chasing that could be a lie. Somewhere mm -hmm. deep down in my subconscious, I was probably chasing the money too. Sure. But for me, it was, I want to do better. I want to lead people. I want to be the people that others look at to be like, Oh, that guy has the answer. Go talk to him. Or when a challenge comes in and a client comes in with a problem that we've never dealt with, it's like, bring Mike in. He's he'll help us fix this. That's the stuff mm -hmm. that I'm chasing. So, but to your point, like if you go now roll this back down to like a minimum wage, you know, like a flat, like a $15 minimum wage, $20 minimum wage at McDonald's, I can see that being a problem because I think at McDonald's, you probably have a lot of people knowing this is a stepping stone job while they're in school or what have you. And if you give right. them money and they realize that, okay, you just gave me this huge increase from seven fifty to 15 bucks, the chances and likelihood of me getting another raise anytime in the near future is probably pretty slim. You just doubled right. my freaking hourly pay. Yeah. I could absolutely see them say, Hmm. I'm going to give it 70%. So again, I think that's, a, it's subjective to the role in the person, but I absolutely see it could be being an issue. That's a really good point. I never yeah. even think about that. I always think, you know, America being this, you know, richest nation on the planet and blah, blah, blah. And, and I tend to default to that line of thinking when I think, well, yeah, why don't we just give everybody 15 bucks an hour. And so it's like, you're at least getting some kind of livable wage, but you're right. right. I mean, yeah, it, it, it hit my mind. When we were talking about yesterday cause I've worked in sales organizations where they, well, one, I shouldn't say organizations where they got rid of, are you familiar with the president's club? No. Is that, so the president's like, is that club, some kind of like airline club? I don't know what that is. <laughs> right. It sounds like it. The President's Club is a part of every sales organization, or at least every that I've seen, and it is for the top maybe 3%, 5% of sales performers, and they get put into it every year. It's, 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 it's a calendar year, yearly thing, and there is usually some significant 
perk attached to it. Like it comes with a, a monetary compensation bonus, but it also comes with like most president's clubs will take you on like a week long trip for you and your spouse or you and your family, all inclusive paid to Hawaii or, or, you know, the Bahamas or something like that. Like there's like this, like you take a week off work and the company pays for it and you just veg out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked at a sales organization, but I wasn't in sales, but for a company where the sales organization removed that because of exactly this equality thing, Mm -hmm. they were looking, they had enough complaints from the EPD people and the customer service people where they were like, you know what? we don't have the equivalent for for our organization and it's like well that's never been so come up with some ideas maybe that was my thinking like let's come up with some ideas on what we could have or, or figure out like what our president's club is versus just ripping this away from from these people because they went into this maybe that's why some of these people went into the sales industry because the the president's club is not new you mm-hmm. know and we are now taking away a perk from some it, it's weird to me that we just I don't know. I don't understand the like everybody has to have all of the same things right. thing. Right. Because because I think you do start to to lose some of that competition, some of that. This is why I do this, you know, come up with a, let's come up with our own president's club. And if you want to put one out for the company that like maybe there's the, 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 the aviators club or whatever. And it's, it's company wide and it's the 5% of all employees. And if that fact, you know, if that happens to be all sales because EPD didn't figure out their, their KPIs and their metrics, well then sorry about mm-hmm. but I don't know, there's other ways to solve it. I feel like. And, and so, yeah, thinking about the Elon thing, it's like, I get the sentiment and I appreciate it, but does that potentially have yeah. yeah negative repercussions or negative? Yeah. You said the thing, you said the one thing that I think is one of the biggest downfalls of all of this, you know, trying to flatten all of these things and everybody getting treated similar is if you remove competition in business, in individual role, in anything, you will see the downfall of this nation. Because exactly competition right. is what has gotten us here. Yep. And, and I can speak, again, subjectively, it is the thing that drives me. My 100%. goal in most everything I do is how do I make the person next to me look like a piece of shit? And then I'm going to do that. How do I destroy them and make them feel less of a human? Cool. That's my plan. Because yeah. that's, I mean, I, I, I fucking eat that shit. And so, I don't know. Totally. I, I I feel like if if we lose that we're fucked anyway. Well, and 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 it's interesting because so we brought on the second designer here at Assemble, and I am now for the last month that she's been here, I've been thinking through like, is this a series of blog posts or is this like a short a short kind of productivity book, you know, um, on on building a design organization at startups like what I realized and what I had no real clue of prior to this, because I've never brought a designer in this early in a company is how important it is strictly from the competitive aspect, Mm -hmm. right? What I didn't realize, what I didn't reckon, I knew just as you said, the competition drives me. It's one of the biggest drivers of me, Mm -hmm. right? Both with myself and against other people. In Silicon Valley, in other places, these startups, it's it's stay lean. It's it's, you know, we need the lowest workforce. Everybody busts their ass until we're breaking. We don't hire that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about it now from the standpoint of like. Maybe the move is to bring two desi- two designers in very, very early on because you have multiple engineers, you have multiple engineers because it takes engineers to build the things you want to build. Mm-hmm. But one of the unforeseen circumstances, one of the unintended consequences of bringing in multiple engineers is you also get competition. Mm-hmm. You get comp. You, and so I've got that now with this new designer and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. We're, we're putting out more work because there's two designers, but more importantly, 
we're putting out far better work. Right. The documentation I put on my designs now, the interfacing with engineering to make sure that I'm a leg up over over her, like, and that I I have a better relationship with the like because of my ego, it's getting in the way, you know. It's breeding this very healthy competition. Yeah. And I think that there's something to be said for that. Yep. I think for the 150K or whatever it is that you're going to pay to bring designer number two in, I think the impact that that has on the org and the work, assuming you can keep the competition healthy, I think it's, I think it blows 150K out of the water. Right. And if you, if, if, if like you said, if it's a healthy competition, th there's kind of an unsaid competition that's always happening between you two, which both of you For are sure. very aware of, by the way. For sure. But then, and I say this in design all the time. How much better of a product are you delivering? Not only because of that competition, but the fact that you have another designer to bounce ideas off that can call totally. you on shit that you are convinced is right. And it takes totally. one comment from them. You're like, Ooh, this is wrong. Yep. Designers aren't. So there are, I mean, every designer is capable of doing and working in their own with, or on their own rather with, without any help. But no matter, I don't give a shit. Any designer that you put with somebody they get along with and they can have open conversations about the work they're doing will 99.99% of the time produce better work because they have someone to talk through their thinking with. That's exactly right. It's just, it's, That's it's exactly right. and, and people that don't see that, it just fucking frustrates me. And so like when you build a team, people are like, I only need one designer. Mm. You sure about that? Yeah. There's, there's just, there's so many benefits from it. And that's why I say, I want to like, I don't know if it's a blog, you know, blog post or it's a book because, because there is a significant amount of think of like advisement and, and kind of advice that I think I, I can give after learning this. I mean, one thing that I would have never thought is back to the Slack and the productivity. I'm in Slack less now because there's, I know somebody's got my back. Mm -hmm. I'm not in there like trying to answer every question that pops up about design because it's like, oh, she, she'll grab it if I don't get it. Yeah. And so I'm able to stay focused on work and vice versa. She, 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 she is the same way. I'm sure I yeah. haven't had that conversation, but I'm, I'm sure she is. Yeah. Right. So like, there are so many little things like that where yeah. I, my confidence level is higher. I'm more relaxed. I'm not going to hit burnout nearly as fast, yeah. right? Like all there should be two people in every maybe not every organization, but yeah. Every like, like the the roles where it makes sense, there should probably be two people because I think that your payoff yeah. is is And from a productivity perspective, like to that note is you like you you learn from each other too. Like, how many times have you and I sent like, have you seen this? This is badass. Check this out. Or how many times have I just called you and be like, dude, I don't know how to do this. Do you know a trick? Like, you have somebody right next to you that you can ask that que those questions to. Or yep. hey, I check check out this new massive time saver I learned in this program. Oh, you would have never saw that if you had not been sitting next to a person. I mean, there's so many benefits that come from it. I don't know. Yeah. Then again, I think also you can offset some of that if you don't have someone to work with where you have a network of people you chat with about you know that are in the same profession as you friends what have you that that do it i mean i mean i call you yeah constantly i think you can but i think you can for for a lot of like just industry related things but but yeah when you're when you're i mean there's no there's no substitute for even contractors you've you've experienced it with with contractors like they don't have the domain knowledge and so mm -hmm. it, it's hard to sit there oh i can't bounce ideas off you you know because you don't you don't have the same context. You yep. weren't in that meeting. You weren't. So yeah. it's not, it's not quite one-to-one. -one. Um, yeah. But dude, but, I know that you've got to uh, jump cause you got a call. So yeah. Thanks you guys for listening on Mike and Jeff's uh, productivity <laughs> conversation and how to yeah. boost Creative your business team management and, and our thoughts on the future of work. <laughs> this has been our Ted talk. Uh, but, um, well, dude, we didn't get into any of the stuff that we actually talked about talking about. So that's great. We could, it's not going anywhere. So we could probably talk about it later. I don't even know if I, I want to talk say, about it. Got an excuse to do another one of these sooner yeah. than later. Yep. Um, I, I also talked to the wood recently and he wants, he wants to be back on another Friday night soon. So, okay. Didn't you say Gentilly wants to jump on this too? 
yes he does we could probably do all of us yeah God, that'd be a fucking shit show we could get gentilly on here talk about his knowledge of cheese yes cheese <laughs> um, but but yeah let's 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 do that all right all the things let's do all the things all right pimpin well always fun enjoy the rest of your day good luck this weekend word you too all right man i love you a good luck thing but enjoy your day love you too all right bye and that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen for this week's episode hope you guys enjoyed please don't forget to download and subscribe to Inexpert Opinions in your favorite podcast app. And uh, be doing us a huge favor if you gave us a five-star rating. That helps us grow. Growing's good. Everything needs to grow, including Inexpert Opinions. We're trying to blow this thing up, y'all. So, uh, yeah, rate us. We love you. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye. Shut up and sit down.